0: oh my god what am i doing hi welcome to just thinking out loud my name is desiree at the end of august earlier this year i attended the international conference on men's issues i did a speech it's called double standards and the lens of identity and i also had a panel with of Akkad and count dankula moderated by karen So what I'm showing you in this video today is my speech. However, if you would like to access all of the footage, that is, there were some hiccups at the beginning, um, which found me sort of emceeing for a bit, there's that and then there's also the question and answer session towards the end. If you would like to see those, then you can donate at justthinkingoutloud.tv slash donate and also go to my Patreon, which is linked at, just thinking at TV/ donate. This is a speech that really clarifies a lot of my ideas and how I view the world, and I think is sort of cornerstone content for me, if I could call it that. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so um, you might have
1: noticed that my computer is uh, over there. I I am not reading from a script. I have not written a. Uh, horrible, awful, really bad, no good uh, introduction for my our, our, our next speaker. And that is because she is a black female immigrant to the US. Uh, she does not have light skin privilege. And um, yeah, so I'm really not allowed to say anything bad about her. <laughs> um, I, you know, as a Canadian in particular, I, I would if I said anything bad about her, I would be actually courting a human rights uh, lawsuit. Um, so I, I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to say that one of the things that I really, really love about this young woman is that whatever color her skin is, it's very, very thick when it comes to free speech issues and when it comes to political correctness. And so I give you one of the young heroes that I discovered in my internet life uh, over the last couple of years one of the young women that I admire most greatly, Desiree Campbell, just thinking out loud.
0: Thank you, Karen, for such an amazing introduction. <laughs> I'm going to start with a clip. And Holmes
1: hasn't wasted any time. LAST WEEK SHE BECAME THE YOUNGEST MEMBER EVER NAMED TO THE PRESTIGIOUS HORATIO ALGER ASSOCIATION WHICH RECOGNIZES GRIT AND DRIVE. YOU WERE THE ONLY WOMAN UP THERE WITH A LOT OF OLDER WHITE MEN. THIS IS TRUE. YEAH, it WAS. <laughs> BUT WHAT WAS SO WONDERFUL ABOUT IT IS THAT THESE YOUNG GIRLS WHO ARE IN THE AUDIENCE... GOOD MORNING, MY NAME IS CRYSTAL MARICHECK. COULD CONNECT TO see, ME AS true. NOTHING BUT LIVING PROOF THAT THEIR DREAMS ARE POSSIBLE.
0: You are the only woman up there with a lot of older white men. This is what the CBS news anchor had to say to Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes is the now notorious ex-CEO of Theranos. Theranos was a supposed biotech empire that was built on promises and the push of identity politics. The cultural backdrop behind the rise of Elizabeth Holmes to fame was that of the want to lift underrepresented groups into high prominent levels of achievement in society. These underrepresented groups may have been overrepresented elsewhere, even in what many would consider good stations in society, but that wasn't really where the attention was drawn to. In the case of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, what pushed her to the top was the fact that she was a woman who was breaking, you could even say smashing, through the glass ceiling of a traditionally male-dominated environment in the corporate world. Her achievement couldn't stand on its own. It had to be contrasted with that of men based on gender, and they also put some race in as well, even though she was actually the same race as all the men on stage. Sorry, let me check my notes for a second. Elizabeth turned out to be a fraud. Many people never knew at the time that she was lying, and I suppose that they shouldn't be held accountable for that, but that's the point. Anybody can be a liar. And the fact that her lie was able to last for so long shows how powerful the need to have the narrative of a certain oppressed group, in this case women, but it could be other groups as well, overcoming the historical oppressor, the patriarchy, or white supremacy, or colonialism, or whatever. This need. To have this myth play out makes people turn a blind eye to darkness in the world. The chief scientist of Theranos, in case you didn't know, actually killed himself because he was so troubled by trying to keep the lie together, and yet that lie went on. The title of that video on CBS was called Youngest Self-Made Female Billionaire. Takes high-tech approach to blood testing and that title says a lot because they started with the youngest self-made female and not the actual maybe revolutionary blood tests I think that it's okay to honor the unique and the person that stands out and there are actually many successful female CEOs who don't market themselves in the way that Elizabeth Holmes did but when we're celebrating human achievement through the lens of identity, then what are we really celebrating anymore? It's not actually the unique achievement that someone might accomplish, but what that person represents. Elizabeth Holmes wasn't the only example of this phenomenon. The now classic Justice Smollett hoax shows what happens when people want to believe in a narrative so much that they won't bother to look a bit deeper. I also think The example with elizabeth warren is a good example because she knew how important it was to stress that she was native american even though she was barely 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 so because she knew the impact it would have on her platform these two stories along with the Elizabeth Holmes one, show us that there is a need to create heroes and to also frame them as victims. And if we need to find victims to create heroes, then we'll always be making them up. And we'll also be placing virtue where it doesn't belong. And the atmosphere of minority achievement isn't just celebratory of the individual in question and the good that they have done but it's about tearing down and righting and shaming the wrong of the past. That's something that really bothers me, because that means that we must also manufacture oppressors. This drive to shame the wrong, rather than simply celebrate the good, has resulted in some crazy double standards that I am very used to at this point, but I still can't really wrap my head around. I'm not from this country, and so a lot of the myths and narratives that play out on the political scene, I wasn't used to, and that made me see them very clearly. I'm from Jamaica, although I've been here for like nine years now, and I swear to you, when I first came here, I really never saw people as anything but people, the person in front of me. And I'm still like that, I would say, if you compare me to most people you'll meet but it's not at the same level of purity that it once was at. I realized that there was a push from the media and they were probably picking up on some lower level sentiment in society, but they definitely amplified it to see people based on the categories, identity categories that they belong to. And then I eventually picked up through subtle social social cues that only some races were allowed to have their achievements be praised and for it to be assumed that they were deserving of that praise. And only some races were allowed to talk about sensitive social topics. And only some races, I really mean non-whites, were allowed to have, be able to express their grievances and for you to feel sympathy for them. The biggest thing that I realized, however, and this is what really made me realize what was going on, was that only some races were allowed to be racist. Obviously, it's really bad to be racist, and you can find it in many different kinds of people. But some races were given more leeway than others. This was my direct experience. This is also something that I see occurring when it comes to gender. Only one gender, assuming that it's a binary, is allowed to be sympathized with. And I have to specify when I say allowed, I specifically do not mean the semi-anonymous trenches of the internet but polite social discourse in schools, for example, in the the newspapers, in the traditional media that at least I was raised to trust for the most part. When I was in college, I went to a workshop and there was a speaker who gave a talk on her trip to Africa and how she had learned about female circumcision there, she received a round of applause, mine included. And it wasn't controversial to be against that. But it was much, much later that I learned that there was an online movement against circumcision for boys. And that was way more hush-hush. Why did I have to learn from Karen about male disposability on the internet. And why did I have to learn from a documentary called The Red Pill, that name, about how the reporting on boys and men during wartime is usually totally overshadowed by the reporting on women and children because biologically it's easier to feel sympathy for them. Why is it a counterculture movement for men to be talking about their issues when this is just the same way that everybody else talks about their issues? This is why I like the men's rights movement, because I don't like the double standards. I don't like that it's seen as even somewhat controversial for it to exist. I don't like that sexual assault stories usually just talk about women and children, females, even though it can happen to anybody and everybody's suffering is legitimate. I am very, very immune to talks about the wage gap because I think specifically I had an experience working on fishing boats for two years. I also had a job in construction for a couple of months. And the fishing boat thing, specifically, as a female, I would once say that even though the role I was fulfilling, I was an observer, you, you might know what that is, was something that men also did. I don't think I was always, depending on the boat, treated in the same way as the men. I think I was being helped a little bit more. But bigger than that, They're doing really hard, dangerous work out there. And I'm not a typical person or woman. And I know that not everybody sees that. Whenever I would connect with these men, not all of them, depending on who they were, usually what I would end up being shown is pictures of their family and their kids. I think one time I saw a dog. And that's who they were out there working for. Some of the boats were nice, but a lot of them, it was really harsh conditions. I also do not trust gender statistics. Once I heard about the role that women play in domestic violence, because for most of my life, that was always portrayed to me as men treating their partners badly at home. At the same time that I like the men's rights movement, I am cautiously optimistic that it doesn't become the male version of feminism gone awry. I think that that is hard to achieve, and my personal bias is towards the individual. I would rather that issues be talked about because they deserve to be talked about, and not because they're happening to a specific group or identity. I would also rather that people be celebrated because they've done something great, not because they are, A fill-in-the-blank identity that did something cool that's really the gist of who I am my name is Desiree and I am sick and tired of identity being used as a proxy for character or true ethics in the world I am also sick and tired of identity being used as a shield from criticism for bad behavior. Not only am I sick and tired, I also want to help change things. I'm putting my own voice out there. That clip that I showed in the beginning, I think still represents the state of things today, where people are more focused on the myth of historical groups battling each other than the actual people involved in the situation. I think it's still a good goal to fight against denying someone due to their identity, and that was the original, at least claimed, reason for many of these goals towards helping certain people. But it's not a good goal to tear others down in order to help someone else. A virtue does not have to be exemplified in someone who is like us, in a very specific way, who's clothed in a certain identity, for us to imagine that we could be like them. The person that possesses a virtue is worthy of our praise, and the person that possesses a vice is also worthy of our condemnation. But that load should should be bared by the individual. And when it comes to helping people, I think we should help people who need help, whether they be a boy or a girl or a man or a woman. I do think that there is a social nature to how we act in the world. I acknowledge that. But when there are overarching social institutions that begin to pick sides, and when those sides can maybe become enshrined in law, I think that's a very dark path to go down. I think that we should be guided by ideals and virtues in individual people and not necessarily guided by narratives and myths. So I would just like to say that I would one day like to see a better world in this way. I would like for people to be helped based on who they are and not what they represent or what they symbolize. I would also like for people's achievements to be celebrated because of what they've done, not what they represent or symbolize. Currently, men are on the negative end of these kinds of grievance politics. Not just men, but depending on the situation, where a person lies, who's higher in the intersectional ideology hierarchy. Oftentimes, people's legitimate suffering is not seen In the face of other more special groups I long for a world where one struggle isn't reduced to how they look and the depth of what it means to be human which goes far beyond the superficial is honored I would like to be a part of that shift in discourse in the only way that I know how which is by talking about it so I'm just a reminder to keep the individual in mind. Thank you.
1: Excellent. Okay, questions, questions line up, line up. Oh, Logan, oh, you're in for it now. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, he, he's trouble. <laughs> Nothing but trouble. Needs All to right. be done. Um, okay, so we have, uh, we actually have, uh, fifteen minutes, maybe even a little bit more. So uh, let's let's do this. This is actually kind of the, the exact right amount of time for a QA. A. So, um, in at least two ways, you are. Thank you, Desiree. Um, I, I just want to say again, it, it's it's people like you that I discovered on YouTube that just like. You give me hope. I'm sorry. You just do. So.
0: Thanks for watching. If you want to see the rest of this, you can access it at Jessica.Loud.tv donate or go to my Patreon also. I talked about my experience at the International Conference on Men's Issues in my video ICMI recap and channel update just in case you wanted to know more about what my thoughts and impressions were from that. Bye. Have a great day.